Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today's the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, also known as St. Valentine's Day or the Feast of St. Valentine. Today is the 45th day of 2022, giving us another preferably propitious 320 days on our way to 2023. Today in 1349, 900 Jews in Strasbourg, France were burned alive and a similar number banned from the city after they were blamed for the spread of the Black Death. Today in 1895, Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest opened in London. Today in 1945, Allied Air Forces firebombed Dresden, Germany for the second day in a row, furnishing an American soldier on the ground, Kurt Vonnegut, with material for his novel, Slaughterhouse-Five. Today in 1967, Aretha Franklin recorded the single Respect, which became the Billboard song of the year for 1967. Today in 1971, President Richard Nixon had the secret taping system that would be his downfall installed in the White House Oval Office. Heavenward, tonight just after dusk, our nearly full moon will be positioned several finger widths to the upper left, or approximately three degrees to the celestial north, of the large open star cluster known as the Beehive, or Messier 44, in the constellation of Cancer. And day after tomorrow, on Wednesday around noon, we'll have February's full moon, the full snow moon, known variously as the suckerfish moon, the bear moon, the ice in the river is gone moon, the hunger moon, and the great moon. This past week here in Down East Maine, we had another midweek temporary thaw, enough to allow for the ambitious to wield their long-handled ice chisels here and there in an effort to free up precious square feet of pavement at garage entrances and along walkways to regain a semblance of traction. And then, keeping with the spirit of the concurrent 2022 Winter Olympic Games, Maine's temperatures will return to a fluctuating spell of barely above and slightly below zero. Yet the real happening for some of us lately has been the increasing effort on the part of our national health officials and other political administration to rename the muddle created by the plague that is continuing into its third year. The renaming effort aims to shift our labeling from pandemic to endemic. Bearing in mind that endemic, as defined by the American Heritage Dictionary, means prevalent in or peculiar to a particular locality, region, or people, and is an adjective with the subsequent permissible adverbial usage of endemically, we find our fearless leaders loosely trying to use endemic as a noun. Loosely is the operative principle, of course, not only in linguistic shifts, but also in the mannerisms of the human species, using those languages for myriad purposes. One such set of purposes, once upon a time, way back when in 2020 at the onset of the pandemic, when the dialogue was more or less, gee, what should we do about resolving this, is now morphing into, oh well, we'll just learn to live with it by calling it endemic. See a pattern here? Our approach to our other major concern, climate change, ring a bell? Similar to climate change in that we know our rate of polluting the environment is implacably related to our activities engendering that pollution, our rate of infection from COVID equals our pursuit of activities that promote infection. 
for we as a species are excellent at not acknowledging the presence of the elephant in the room as we continue here on planet COVID to provide the virus with all the opportunities it needs to evolve into an ever-expanding array of variants. Here in the United States, when we look at our current 78 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, and divide that by the total cases worldwide of about 407 million, we find that we in the U.S. have so far roughly 19% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. India is a somewhat distant second, currently having 43 million cases, and third place globally is Brazil with 28 million cases. Fourth place this past week goes to France, owing to its significant recent spike in cases, so that its total since the beginning of the pandemic is now 22 million. That bumps the UK down to fifth place with its 19 million cases. Russia is in sixth place with approximately 14 million cases, and Turkey is in seventh place with 13 million cases cumulative cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 26 months ago. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 5.8 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 916,000, up at least 16,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks. Only an average of 2,285 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, more than 10.2 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1894, Benjamin Kubelski was born in Chicago, Illinois, to Emma Sachs and Meyer Kubelski, who had escaped anti-Semitic pogroms in Lithuania by crossing the border while hiding in a wagon load of empty bottles. He then had fled to America, worked as a traveling peddler, opened a saloon in Waukegan, Illinois, and wishing to marry, asked a matchmaker for an introduction to a pretty girl, who was Emma. The Myers bought Benjamin a violin when he was six, and he learned to play it so well that the city of Waukegan offered to pay him to study in the best European schools, but Benjamin refused because he didn't like school, and subsequently flunked out of high school and business school, and was fired by his own father, Meyer, who had become a haberdasher. So Benjamin began playing violin at the Vaudeville Hall, where Minnie Marks, the mother and manager of the Marks Brothers, offered Benjamin a job as their music director. But Benjamin's mother, Emma, wouldn't allow him to go on tour with them, yet Benjamin tenaciously pursued show business, and his parents eventually relented. Benjamin became a vaudevillian, and after years of struggle, one of the most successful men in show business, under his stage name, Jack Benny. Today is also the birthday in 1452 of the Italian ruler of Renaissance-era Siena, Pandolfo Petrucci. In 1818, of African-American abolitionist Frederick Douglass. In 1819, of American journalist and inventor of the typewriter, Christopher Latham Scholes. In 1913, of American Teamsters leader, Jimmy Hoffa. In 1921, of American television journalist, Hugh Downs. In 1934, of American actress, Florence Henderson. In 1935, of American golfer, Mickey Wright. In 1944, of American investigative reporter Carl Bernstein, and in 1946, of American tap dancer Gregory Hines. From our domain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the ninth official week of winter. We're a little over a month away from spring. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs>